welcome to Plan and Empower the Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Goodman. This is a space where we discuss mindset, business, empowering yourself, habits and routines, and self-development. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Plan and Empower. Today, I am having a fantastic discussion with Danny Rose, the owner of Danny Rose Designs. We discuss all things business, wellness, sustainable fashion, and just a lot of tips and tricks in between. It was such a lovely conversation. But before we get into that, um, just a bit of a life update. So not too much has been happening in the last week. Business-wise, I've just been very much doing all the groundwork, focusing really heavily on my content creation. Um, But I'm really, really looking forward to a school holidays where I can finally crack down on potentially that course creation and the ideas that keep coming to my head. I can actually put some of them to fruition. Um, Also, I ran the Dunedin Half Marathon yesterday. So I am recording this intro on Monday morning before work. But I did run the Dunedin Half Marathon yesterday, hence why I didn't get a chance to record this intro yesterday so I was knackered but I had the most wonderful run and it was the first time in my life I have ever successfully made a non-stop half marathon so that was such an achievement for me and I honestly couldn't be prouder because I it was such a mental battle but today my body's not as sore as I thought it would be and to be honest I think I'm gonna be all right heading back into school um school term has been quite busy We are in week nine this week, which means we are really approaching the end of term and I could not be more excited for the school holidays. I just think I'm ready to recoup, recharge and honestly have a little bit of a break. But before we talk about all of that, because that'll be in two weeks, I'll be able to talk to you about the school holidays. Yay. Let's get in to today's episode, which is awesome. Hope you enjoy. I get the pleasure of interviewing an inspirational businesswoman who has built her business from the ground up. I've been following Danny since she started her own personal brand of Danny Rose Design during her time as a student. It has been incredible to watch her business grow. Danny, welcome to the show. So how has your journey been with your business? So as I said, you started it when you were a student. What was that like? Okay, so you were talking about a movie that you were saying that changed your true cost and it changed your whole perspective, um, which I'll upload into the show notes. Yes, yeah. So um, the true cost was a documentary that completely changed my life. It basically showed a behind the scenes of the fashion industry. So it wasn't like the runways and the designing, like all the glamorous side of it. It was really going behind the scenes into the factories, how fabric sourced, um, how those hosts, like the sewers are treated, how much do they get paid slave labor like there's just so much and I mean I don't want to hold too much onto the negative side but that's really where it just shifted for me and I was sort of like I'm in the middle of a four-year degree studying fashion design but I actually don't want a part of this side of the industry at all um had a bit of a breakdown thought I was going to drop out but then I spoke to one of my tutors who was sort of like you know this is a really good thing because it's not always going to be like this. Like people are going to, especially with the internet now, people are going to become more aware of what's going on. Um, And if you can get into that really niche market for now, you'll be able to gain really loyal customers. And if that's what you want to do, like go for it, you know? And so I was like, okay, 
I'm going to create my own fashion brand that goes against everything of what other people are doing. Um, I really studied all of it and I wrote a business plan for my final year at uni, which the business plan was for Danny Rose, which I'm completely doing now. So that was amazing. And I, I always thought of it as like a dream when I was writing it and I didn't, part of me didn't believe that it was actually going to be possible because I was still so young and so unaware of like how to do anything business related, but I had a dream. How young were you? Sorry. I, how old would I, it was 2017. So I would have been early twenties. Yeah. That's so, it's so cool to start a business at that age. Yes. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what can I do to start that? You know, in my head, I was like, right, I'll go to markets and I'll, I'll make some clothes and I'll go to a market and I'll sell them and I'll create an Instagram. Like those are two things that I knew that I could do. So I was like, made an Instagram account um took basically my fourth year collection to these weekend markets in Wellington like a craft market um was selling things for like $40 that's crazy there's an issue there but I just was like the idea of just people wearing something I had made was so amazing to me it was so exciting and then it sort of grew so yeah I started at markets I created my Instagram um was sort of doing custom maids for people here and there and then really like it was a lot of that for probably two years and then it got to 2019 um, and then COVID obviously happened and I'd meanwhile been growing my business in the background with an idea of creating a website. This was all still based on Instagram um, and through DMs and that and then I was working in retail at the time. I had just finished uni so I was managing a retail store and then had lots of fabric built up. We went into lockdown and then I started just posting online um, things that I was creating and then started naming the designs and things like that. And it really grew organically. Like that was in the time where everybody was on their phones at home. Um, Hashtag support local was a really big thing. People were really understanding how much of an effect COVID had on small businesses. So I just feel like there was so much support as a small business owner. Like I was connecting with my clients in like such a deep way as well because we all had so much time to chat back and forth like we had time to grow those connections and the relationships and then I mean take it back a little bit I hadn't even shown my face on my Instagram at that point and then I remember first like putting a picture and introducing myself it, before it was like pictures of my friends or like my body but my face cut off because I wasn't I didn't feel like a confident business owner and then I realized like it's a massive barrier to come over it's huge it's because I was never on like my own personal Instagram or Facebook posting pictures like I would I'm just not that wasn't that kind of person so it felt really uncomfortable to me but I then I realized like what potential the business had and I was like this is growing this much without even people knowing who I am even though the brand's named after me so like show your face introduce yourself um (laughs) and yeah the journey kind of just kept going on without me rambling too much i basically set a goal in mind um when when i was going to launch a website and then basically i had that date i was like in six months i'm going to launch a website so i need to have at least five designs pattern make them all like do samples do photos and then launch my website and it was amazing on the night um which felt huge to me at the time i got 20 orders placed and i was nervous because i had to launch that website with my prices at a point that was actually like profitable for me because I was no longer using secondhand and excess fabrics. I was sourcing like brand new fabrics and I was spending hours sewing them. And at the start, and I think a lot of small businesses make this mistake is undercharging yourself. Um, for example, like 
I even remember when I bought your first dress, when I bought my first brunch dress from you, when you started putting the prices up, I went, oh, thank goodness. Because I was like, you can't be making much of me buying this. And I was like, this is a handmade dress. I was like, this should be worth, like I, if I'm buying a handmade dress, I'm buying it as a piece that I'm going to wear time and time and time again. So I, I, I want to spend that amount on it and I want it to be, and when it's customized, I'm like, I want to spend that money. So you need to charge in order so that you're making enough Mm. profit. Yeah, 100%. And like, I think when I first released the brunch dress, I was selling it for $99. That's what I bought it for. <laughs> um, and yeah, and keep in mind, fabric actually costs, at that time, I'm pretty sure I was getting it for $27 a meter and it takes 2.2 meters. So oh my goodness. it's over $60 in fabric. You would have been making near nothing. Yeah, but because I had a full time. You would have been making time. no money on your time. Yeah, it was really bad. And, you know, I think within that as well, and that's sort of advice I'd give to anyone starting a small business is your price also reflects your product. So if, you know, you were obviously able to like look at my brand and trust that, or maybe you did doubt, I'm not sure that is this $99 dress going to be like bad quality or like badly made, like, is she a beginner? But it's like, I'd spent so much time, like it was, I'm hoping like crafted really well. Um, Whereas now, like, and people would message me when they'd get it, but it almost amazed at like, I guess the quality and the fabric and everything like that. And it's like, yeah, cause I'm charging not enough. So I increased my prices and I had to do it again recently as well, just with everything inflation going up. But so now a brunch dress, I'm pretty sure it's like $260. So it's $160 more. Yes. And, but to think like, that's what it should yeah, be. I know it should be. And I, the thing is, I thought I would end up, you know, it's slowing down and people not buying from me. And I always had a fear of that as well, but People, once they are connected to your brand and you can just be transparent and that's something I do and I really try my best to do is be transparent with my my followers and my clients and customers because it's like I'm having to increase my prices and these are the reasons why. And the, the response that I get from that is actually amazing because I was so scared that people are going to think I'm ripping them off or like being greedy and I, all these kinds of fears. But I just didn't have anyone to chat to about running a business and making those decisions and it felt like it was all up to me um and so once I got over that and actually did it it's now I feel like I have a business not just you know so yeah yeah it's a real it's a really cool stepping stone and I think when you go from starting as a small business that's a side hustle of a full-time income that you're already receiving what was it like taking the leap so do you remember the day we went I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this full-time I remember it so clearly I had been leading up to it so I was um managing at quite a busy retail store and then I was like I need to like this is so stressful I need to like go work somewhere else I went to a different retail store it was much more relaxed um less hours very chill I think I was I was second in charge there um but I felt like I had so much more time so I was like my main goal is like my business and I'm gonna take this job and I'm gonna slowly like decrease my hours until I'm comfortable to enough to do Danny Rose full-time and it was so busy, but at the same time, I was trying to save to buy a house as well with my partner. So when I was ready to take it full time, I actually couldn't because the bank, it wasn't over two years old, so the bank wouldn't allow me to get a mortgage with just a Danny Rose income. It was like, you need this income from this company, blah, blah, blah. So the day that we got approved to buy our house and we settled, not approved, so the day we settled and we were able to move into the house, I like quit my job straight away. I was like, see you later. And then then Danny Rose was full time. And that was an amazing step for me. And it felt so good. But I mean, 
with that though comes like a huge lifestyle change of like it being just a passion project on the side and like what I think it's going to be like to to work in my business full time and and I don't mean this in any negative way at all but when I after a year of doing it working alone by myself like it actually became quite lonely um I lost a lot of like excitement towards the business and the creativity because I was just doing the same thing over and over um yeah and really lonely like I'm an extrovert and I was working from a bedroom alone all day and I struggled and that's something that I don't think people talk about either I never ever would have guessed that that would be such a struggle of mine um and I was almost I didn't want to talk about it because from the outside it's like Danny's living her dream life like it's amazing she's got this business and it, and it was all of that but it also didn't feel like I was living my dream life I felt yeah, all I keep saying is just lonely. Like imagine being an extrovert and being locked, not locked, felt feeling like I was locked in a room all day behind a sewing machine. It was a, it was a moment. That's actually such a good point. That's such a good one. Like, cause I'm in the very early stages of my business. I'm about to release my first physical product next week. Yeah. And well, the, when this airs, it will have already been, already been released, but um, it's really exciting. I'm in, in the crux of it, but I've still got a full-time mm. job and I'm still doing all that other stuff and a lot of the work I do is unpaid at the moment it just entirely it's all groundwork yeah. it's all just for passion and I'm an extreme extrovert and I can still come home from a day of teaching children and want to come home and work on this so I, I actually that's a good point for me I don't know if I'd handle working mm. alone I love people yeah <laughs> love talking to people all the time so. it's very interesting and then I thought yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, and then so I thought, and this is like not me, I'm not being negative because I'm super grateful for where I am and everything that I've done, but I just think sometimes it can be very glamorized, you know, and it can be, and it from the outside it can mm. seem, and it's just social media all the time anyway, whether it's owning a business or not. And so then I was like, okay, well, what's my next step? I want to grow the business. So I um, got a studio, so that was exciting. Um, so I was no longer working from home. I thought working from a studio would make everything different because I was leaving the house. And then um, it was good. I was working from the studio. I was loving it. And then again, I wanted more change. I was like, I need to hire someone, like all these next things, because I'm always trying to like improve and set goals. And I love that. And that's just who I am as a person. But it was like almost every time I'd, I'd achieve a goal and accept it, I would want more. And then so I'd write the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. And it was just like oh, nonstop, to be honest. And then I thought, do you know what? I actually love running this business, but what I don't love is sitting behind a machine sewing for nine hours a day because that's what majority of it became. And so then I got to a point of being like, if I can hire somebody and they can do more of the sewing and I can be like step back a little bit. The business front. Yeah, be the business front. So like do the marketing, do the designs, the sampling, the pattern making and everything like that. But the most time I was spending was sewing. So I... Actually, I haven't even announced this yet, but I actually have another job, which is very exciting. <laughs> I recently, um, I didn't apply for a job. I never thought I was would have a slight career change as well, but an opportunity came up for me um, with a company that builds and sells sustainable homes. And so that came up and what I did, I was like, oh, I might as well go through the process. Like I've been kind of like considering like, a different not a complete change because Danny Rose is my main focus it's my main goal but like I was saying the whole working for yourself thing it was becoming quite um a struggle for me personally like it was just like a a really like big moment in my life where it was 
yeah, I don't, I don't, it shouldn't go into it too much. But anyway, it was a real struggle for me. And then um, an opportunity came up really out of the blue. And I thought, you know, I might as well apply for this and just see how it goes. This, I would never have expected a job like this to ever come up towards me. And the reason it came up is because of Jenny Rose as well, you know, so it was amazing. I interviewed for the role and I got it. And then I was like, with the flexibility of the flexibility of that job, I can actually do both. So now my main role in Danny Rose is being the creative director, like the owner. So I do all of the designs, all of the social media, um, all of the pattern making and, and sampling and packaging. So I do all of that stuff. But my main role now is no longer sewing all day. So I'm so happy. Like I basically a day in the life of me, it's quite busy, but I wake up in the morning, I start Danny Rose at 6.30 a.m so I'll start from that's early it is very early I'm a morning person though I'm, I'm asleep by 9 30 that helps yeah and I wake up and uh, I'm yeah. so creative like first thing in the morning I'll have like a cup of tea and then all of a sudden I'll be so ready to just create it's it's amazing so that's awesome yeah I do that from like 6 30 till about nine ish and then I'll start my other job um and then I'll usually have like a halfway lunch break and then I'll come back to Danny Rose. But yeah, and the, like, it's really good. It's a balance. It's kind of just like best of both worlds, you know, like I get to have like a really social, really chatty job where I talk to people all day long. I'm part of a team. I have a coach there. Like it's a really amazing job that actually allows me to really like gain the confidence and the energy and bring those skills into Danny Rose and feel like I'm and you learn. Yeah, I learn. Because if you're the boss, you're not you're not learning. Because I find even as a teacher now, I have a mentor. So I have someone that is teaching me and she mentors me for everything. She doesn't just mentor me in becoming a teacher. She's mentoring me in how to how to be confident in running a business and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. you, you find mentors in your life. And I think if you don't keep searching for the next mentor or the next spot to grow, you can become quite stagnant. Mm. A hundred percent. And that's exactly how I felt. And I didn't know that I needed something else to, so Danny Rose now it's in such a good place and I'm spending less time on it, but it's in a better place than when I was spending more time on it. But because I was just so obsessive and focusing on every sale, every person all the time, I almost like lost my way a bit because I couldn't look at it from an outside perspective. And I think that's advice for any small business owner is like, try as often as you can to step out a little bit and look at it as if it's not your business and like what advice would you give that person and I can do that so clearly now and I love it and I'm in such a good place like I'm probably the happiest I've ever been um and and it's amazing because like I have this baby this business and I have an amazing team member who does like my sewing for me and she helps me with pattern making and ideas and like everything is done with passion and love now and there's no resistance and there's no like resentment or like what ifs or anything like that so I yeah nobody I haven't really told anyone that I have another job now but it was just something I wanted to decide (laughs) that's awesome yeah for a bit and just figure out am I going to continue doing this or you know I've got option to do either but now I do both yeah you get the chance and if you only do it for a little bit it doesn't matter Mm. you know like you're you're in that control and you have that power you don't have to decide you can just go with the flow and see how it goes yeah exactly so it's very exciting so my the podcast is a bit more like a, um, a habits and routines based. That's what the basis of my business is about building sustainable habits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you, it's, it's interesting talking to people who have, because it's hard to reflect on your own journey and view it as 
success and say it yourself. So you have built a very successful business and it's incredible to see. So I like to hear what routines you have in place that have helped you feel like you could be successful. My routines, honestly, my biggest advice is just get enough sleep. Like try and get those eight hours of sleep. I find a lot of people around me and I'm so set on like, I'll be in bed by 10 and I'll wake up at six or 9.30, wake up at 5.45 because then you've had enough time to like, sleep and recharge and get yourself up in the morning like if i can start working at 6 30 and be energetic like i get everybody's different but it's like you need that rest and you need space from that business as well because if you're just so focused on it like staying up late all the time like you get fatigue decision fatigue you get tired and then it, you lose passion towards it and i've had that experience myself and that's why i'm like have your rest and your sleep and also phones as well so for example like I don't lay in bed at night scrolling on my phone I don't go on my phone first thing like I really prioritize how much time I'm spending on my phone because you can get in the habit of picking it up all the time and you're seeing so much content that you could start like comparing yourself to other businesses to other people especially if it's right before bed or first thing in the morning like you're not in the space and you're taking in all this energy and like opinions and everything like that and it's like the less time you spend on your phone the more your ideas are unique and creative and no one's influencing you there was a time last winter where i got into a little bit of a funk and i was like because my my brain is mostly summer spring autumn designs right so it goes into winter and i don't make coats i don't make jumpers like it's not what i do so i was like gosh like what else can i do and then i yeah. found myself like what are other brands doing and it's like no don't focus on what they're doing set yourself up so that you have a good spring and summer because there's so much like groundwork that goes into each, you know, before each season. So it's, yeah, get the rest. Yep. Don't compare yourself to other brands ever. And like, if you're making a decision, you've got to make sure that you've got to have your, your brand values, right? For me, it's like sustainable, timeless and versatile. And if I'm doing a design, anything, I'm like, is it sustainable? Is it timeless? And is it versatile as well? Because you want that person like you want to be able to have a dress that you can wear i'm wearing the jess dress for example it's my current fave i wear it like three times a week and it's just so timeless and it's super comfortable and you know like having your brand values will help you make brand decision decisions so it's like i'm um, for example i need to change my packaging um or something like that then you've got your values to be like okay well i need something that's sustainable and that's yeah. the first thing it's not like i need the cheapest option it's like i need something that's sustainable so having your brand values um, whenever you're making a business decision, if you come back to those three values, it'll help you make that decision because you can get so caught up in emotion when running a business that it can really like sidetrack you and you, you do what you think people want you to do rather than what you should do. And like you are absolutely a lot of people as well will come to you. And I'm, I don't know if you've experienced it yet when they know you have a business and they try and suggest things to you that you should do. You should try doing menswear. You should try baby wear. You should make coats, like all these things. I'm like, should I, should I? And then it's like, you know, at some point when you're in the early stages, I should do that. And you try and do everything. And then it's like, no, who is the brand? I actually had some really good advice. Um, really good advice from a, um, he's probably more of a mentor. Um, but he said to me, he's like, it's all well and good to think of like 50 different things that your little business can do. He goes, but you need to start focusing. Pick, you've made your one item pick it and sell it and sell it well for six months mm. and then think about the next step. He's like, because my long-term goal is to want to be a coach or a, a lifestyle mentor, that kind of thing. And he's like, 
You need to figure out, A, who your client market is. And he goes, get feedback. Do your first 100, post them out, and then get feedback. He's like, figure out what people liked on it. Did they want something to change? He's like, because you haven't printed 2,000. Mm. You've printed 100. And they're allowed to adapt and mold with your clients. So he's, he, I thought that was some really cool advice. Just And like you're saying, don't, don't, you don't have to take everyone's mm. advice. You listen to it and take what you want. Yes, exactly. Because at the end of the day, you know your business. Yeah, and that that is honestly you such know your business advice. better than anyone else. And that's how I've managed to have like my best sellers are some of my oldest designs. You know, because I've really tried to like grow the brunch dress as kind of almost like it has a personality, like it has a place, and like people are attached to that design, and it's so exciting. And so with your product, I'm not sure what it is, but what you're releasing, and that's so exciting. And it's like you know, create. It's a um. It's a habit tracking desk pad. So like you have a space and so you've got like a weekly planner and then a habit tracking section, a goals checklist and then an affirmation because I'm into positive reinforcement. Oh, I love that. And that's amazing because if it's on your desk, you see it all the time and then it's like accountable and you show up. And that's another habit as well as I had to make it a habit to show up for myself, not for other people, not for the brand. I try and keep the brand separate to me, but it's like showing up for yourself. So it's like resting when you need, when you're in your creative moment, like get creative. If you're not creative and you're trying to be creative, just like you don't have to, you don't have to be that person all the time. So it's like when you're working for yourself, when you're in a certain flow, like take advantage of that. When I'm, when I'm creative, I get so excited and I can go for hours and hours, but if I'm not creative and I'm trying to sit there creating a design, like it's not going to flow. It's not going to be authentic. It's not going to be right. It's going to take so much longer. Yeah, so it's like, like it takes so much longer when you're not on the Yeah, zone. so it's like recognizing where you're at at the time. And then, you know, if you've set yourself like a, a to-do list for the day, but you're not in that state, like it's okay to come back to those things. It's not being so harsh on yourself, um, but also showing up for you as like a person. So it's like your sleep, your food, your time, your energy, who you're spending time with, who you're taking advice from, like, you really need to make it a habit to be like, what do I want? Instead of saying yes to every opportunity, instead of trying to please every person, you'll never please every person. Like some people don't like my designs or they think they're expensive or they don't like something I do. And that's fine. Like I don't mind, you know, and just accepting that you're not going to be around to cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Is actually, there's so much like freedom in that. Every business owner I speak to, it always comes back to the same things, prioritizing you over the business. Mm. Because if your health and your mental well-being isn't there, you can't show up. You're not going to be able to be the boss or be the leader or be the designer or be the creative person that you want to be. And when you start a business, you're wearing every hat. Mm-hmm. You are the graphic designer. You are the real creator. You are the finance guru. You like you are every element of that business. And if you can't show up as every element of that business, you need to take a rest. Mm. and and go back to what what can I do in my routine in order to keep this from burning out Mm. and it's it's that thing when you're first starting and you have a full-time job you're spending so much time and I think that's something I'm struggling with at the moment is I feel like I'm giving so much time to my job and I still want to be so present in my job and I'm good at my job um but now I'm in like teaching is one of those jobs that it's not necessarily just a job like mm-hmm. if I see the kids in the supermarket, I'm still Miss Goodman or I'm still Fire Meg <laughs> and I'm 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 still that person. I can't go I can go watch netball on a Thursday night watching my kids play. And so you know, you never really switch off. So I'm trying to find a almost a way to sustainably balance that career with building this and not burning out because mm-hmm. and that comes to sleep. Like you said, sleep's a massive part for me as well. 
So it's awesome. It's so easy to just say, oh, I'll just stay up late tonight and do it. And the amount of times I did that or getting up at like 5am and like hectically sewing something or, or staying up late at night. And then it's like, there is, that does not do any good. And like, sometimes you need to, if you've got a deadline and you need to get shit done, like sometimes you just need to do that. But other times it's like, is this customer going to be that frustrated and never come back to me if their order's one day behind? Like, no, no, you know, and if I'm trying to sew it when I'm half tight, I make mistakes, then I'm, then I'm unpacking, then I'm like doing it in the wrong size. Like there was a time where I literally made five dresses in the wrong color because I was in such a state of like, I need to have this done today. Oh. I just grabbed the fabric roll, cut out and sewed five dresses in a day <laughs> and they were all in the wrong oh. color. And I was like, Man. I didn't realize until I was packing the order, like, cause it was going to, um, like a retail store. I was doing a wholesale. So it was heat, like over 30 dresses. And I was like, Oh, if I had just waited today, I wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah. It's learning. So it's, and especially at the starting, like, and you don't have someone sitting there going to you, you're better off to take time off. You learn along the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just me and myself. So what has been a highlight? If you had to look back through your journey as owning Danny Rose, and now especially that you've moved on to having another career as well, mm. what's been your highlight? Because like you said, you didn't, when you made this business plan, you didn't know. Mm. You didn't know what it was going to be. So like, is, was there ever like a pinch me moment? I imagine there was quite a few. What was your favorite? Um, if Highlights, I guess. When I was sort of working from home, it still, it felt like a business, but I don't think I realized how much of like a business it was because I was just like, oh, I make clothes, I sell dresses. Like it was, but it's like actually like I have a full on brand. And when I started to get approached by retail stores wanting to stock my garments, I was like, no way. My dresses are going to be hanging on a rack in a store because I worked in retail for years that customers are going to be going and trying on my dresses. And it was just, for me, I was like, what the hell? This is so exciting. And that's when I was like, well, I need to increase my prices because otherwise I'm not making any profit there. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. Yeah. And then when I sent the order off, I just remember being like, okay, okay, emailing, how are the dresses going? Like, are they fitting well? Because I just had all these freak out moments. And she's like, they're amazing. We've sold out of this. Customers love this. And it was just, I was like, wow. It, it hit me like, I have like a clothing business and people love my clothes and they wear it because... I knew that because people were ordering it and buying it. And like when I would see girls out on the street wearing like a dress, I'd be like, oh, they're wearing the Josie dress. Like, and I wouldn't say anything. I'd just be like, that's that's my dress. I made that. And it was amazing. But I guess there's kind of like a little bit of a detachment when you're just at home, like making it and sending it off. Like you don't actually like wrap the item and like give it to the customer or see them try it on. Like you don't get that experience when you're an online brand. So when it started to be a thing of like me seeing it around town and people being like, oh, are you Danny Rose? And saying hi, like when I met you in Dunedin. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, was, I still think about that. I was like, that was wild. I was like, you walked in, I was like, I know you. And I was like, and I know what dress you're wearing. I was like, I was like, this is crazy for me. And I was, it felt like I was meeting a celebrity because I looked, <laughs> looked up to your business for so long. I was like, yeah. this is wild. It's so cool. And that's what I love as well. It's like, because I'm trying to like be that brain where pe I feel like approachable and like people can recognize my dresses because I named them and I really like nurture that design and I hold on to them. And, um, you know, like I just trying to create a community of like, that's Danny Rose and that's the Josie dress or whatever. And like, they feel so those are kind of moments where I, I think 
like I said before, I was so disconnected from realizing like what I had created. And then when moments like retail stores and like meeting people and seeing garments around like being worn, those were the moments for me that I was like, holy shit, this is this is it. And it was, you know, and then still now the other day, I work for myself, so I get to do what I want, right? And I had this burst of creativity. I was like, I've got so much energy and so much creativity now. Like, what can I do? And I don't want to go and buy a new fabric. I loved those dresses. Yeah, the Nelly dress. Yes, they were so cool. And I was like sitting there going, because I've just invested all my money in my business. And I was like, you do not, you are not in the financial position to purchase this dress. You are not in, and like I had to have a mantra because there was so many in my size. And I was like, they're beautiful. Stunning, eh? And like I spent yeah. hours like piecing these scrap bits of fabric together and like choosing the color palette. Like these are the pastels, like these are autumn tones. And I was just really excited and then I was like so cool because like I get to choose when I get creative like if I feel creative I get to do it you know if I don't yeah. feel creative like this morning I was like oh, I don't really feel like sewing and stuff but it's like I need to go make this pattern so it's like you really get to yeah like moments like that it was sort of just like wow like my whole life is what I make it and like I've actually worked so hard to get here so it's like I should enjoy it like I get to enjoy it and I shouldn't like I'm way less harsh on myself now because I've found balance and I'm like, like I said, I'm in a good place, but it's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite magical when you, people message you as well and say like, my dress arrived. I love it. Like moments like that. I'm just like, feel like I'm also doing good because their dress is made in good conditions. Like I know they're going to love it for so many years. Like I know it's going to fit them well, like all of those things. And it all comes back to like, yeah, the values of the business and how strong I've been with sticking with that. Like there's been so many opportunities where I could opt for a cheaper fabric, you know, or like random warehouses overseas, like Bali, India, China have reached out, like seeing if I wanted to have like my garments produced over there. And then for example, as a business owner, when somebody emails you telling you they can make X dress for this price and it's like, so much less like 80 percent less than what you're currently paying for a second you know i was like is it a small good factory in india like could i do it and i was like no i don't it's not that's not the values of my brand i'm yeah. not here to do that like i created this brand for a reason and like stick to that yeah absolutely and it's though that's like you said creating your core values and i know that sustainability was one of your core values so sustainable mm. fashion is really only something i got into honestly through you because I, I like you said, you used to take $100 to the mall and try and get as much as you could for that amount of money. And now I'm in a position, although I've, we've recently bought a house as well, and so we're not in the strongest financial position, but I would rather save up and purchase something that I can rewear on and on again, like my brunch dress, how I wore it to death. I would rather do that. Mm. So my brunch dress is in my top priority list to rebuy because it was one of the ones that I consistently wore. So I should just rebuy it in the same color or get a different color. You know what I mean? And I would mm. rather do that and wear the same thing every day than go and purchase cheaper clothes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's so good because a lot of people were like, you know, would see like a similar, like simple style dress and be like, oh, well, I actually, I'm not in a good financial position now. Like I'm going to go buy it from this shop, for example. And it's like, okay cool but when you wash that dress once how does it look and how does oh. it fit and also like it might look like linen but is it actually linen and like you know there are so many things that come into it and it's like that dress will probably last you like a quarter of the time is what like a quality 
you know, dress. And my two yeah. favorite dresses from you are in different fabrics. I've got a beautiful pink linen dress that I, um, it was for my graduation and you custom made it for me. And I loved it because I got to design it. Well, I got to like contribute mm-hmm. to the design process. And then I have this beautiful, like dusty orange silk dress that I wore for my engagement party. And mm-hmm. they, they, the dresses hold such a special place because they were for special events. And now when I mm-hmm. rewear them, I call it my engagement party dress. And so whenever I wear it, that's its name. And I, I re-wore it to a school ball. And I remember saying to one of the girls, yeah, I'm wearing an orange dress. And she's like, miss, you can't wear an orange dress. And I was like, no, it's a really pretty orange. And then I yeah. wore it and she goes, you really suit orange. And I went, yes, but I wouldn't have known that had you not sent me this beautiful little sampler pack of all the fabrics. And I got to yeah. hold it up to my skin and go, which ones actually compliment me and I remember buying orange going this is such a bold color for me and I love it and now I wear bright colors more often than not because I actually it suits my skin tone and I think I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have done that had I gone into a fast fashion place you don't get that experience well you're so overwhelmed by like the store looks beautiful the lights are bright the music's going there's clothes everywhere and it's hard to really like narrow down like what would I actually wear? Like I was with a friend the other day and she wanted to go into H&M and I hadn't been there in years. And I was like, just, you know, like I hang out with people who shop from other brands. Like I'm not being here and being judgmental because everybody's their own person and they can make their own decision. But I went in there and it sounds so dramatic, but I got so overwhelmed and I just was seeing like literally $8 t-shirts. And I said to her, I'm actually just going to go and look at Lush or whatever. I was like, I'll meet you, like, take your time, like, enjoy your experience. But I actually felt very overwhelmed because I'm not used to being in shops like that anymore. Like, music is so loud. Like, how do you think? You end up impulse buying, like, random things and, like... You do. Yeah, and you're like, well, it's only $5 and all this stuff like that. It's only 20 like, even if I don't wear it much. But it's like, that's where the problem is, right? Because I was in an op shop the other day. I... I love op shopping and I was talking to the lady and she's like it's really sad we get so much sheen stuff coming in here with its tags on we get things that are donated that look like you know they're brand new but they've already got holes in them and we can't sell them because we don't have like a mending section at the back of the shop so they have to get rid of them and she's like it's just it's so sad how much trash we get donated like in terms of clothing and I'm sure other things as well and it's like there's no life cycle in it but it's like if you brought a Danny Rose dress or like a Ruby or like any other New Zealand brand, if if you weren't wearing that dress as much as you would like to anymore, you can go sell it online you and sell it. make good money and put it towards another one. Whereas if you're buying fast And it's like, a recognized brand. Yeah, nobody wants to go buy in secondhand sheen because they can go buy it. Like it's just it's it's a whole You can site. get it for ten dollars yourself online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So why would you rebuy it? That's yeah. the point. Like I, if I'm going to buy a $10 piece of clothing, I'm buying something for new. And then I also look at it and go, that $10 pair of pants, if I wait a few months, if I'm in the position to wait a few months mm. and then buy a really nice pair of linen pants, that'd last me longer, you know, like actually spending that, yeah. that time and building that sustainable fashion. But even then, dedicating a few hours to go through the op shop, mm. going, I, I am going to find myself a pair of jeans and, and just spend that time. And yeah. And go in with kind of no expectation of what you're looking for yeah. is the best I find when I'm up shopping. Yeah. And like giving things a go and trying it on. And I think that's probably my most sustainable shopping like tip ever is obviously op shops. But the main thing for me is like knowing your style. Yeah. So like, what's your personal style? Like, what do you feel comfortable in? Do you feel comfortable in like high-waisted jeans 
or like do you only wear skirts or dresses like knowing your style like is it classic is it retro like is it fun and colorful like and you can be all of those things as well but it's like knowing what you feel good in knowing what colors make you feel good like obviously giving things a go but then when you are shopping you're like what I need in my wardrobe is like a plain black slip dress and I'll be able to wear it all of these different yep. ways and then it's like finding that dress you know and it might take a few goes or you could yeah, go get one made to order from somewhere but being sustainable and shopping doesn't mean always like buying from brands like mine like that's an amazing thing because then you get to support a small business and you get to have something made for you and like obviously like buy my dresses <laughs> but um at the same time like if you can't afford that and I understand it can be expensive like you can go and design a wardrobe you can go to secondhand stores like if you know your style and you know what you're looking for you know what you feel comfortable in there are so many other ways you know like it doesn't just have yeah, to be like totally it, it's I don't think price can be an excuse because yeah I totally agree because there are options out mm. there designer wardrobe is there are so many favorite. more like I love op shops but some and I know some people hate them but I love them but anyway designer wardrobe then if you don't like the smell of an op shop or you don't want to rummage like go on you wardrobe. can look at it online yeah you can change it to your size the color you're looking for it can narrow down to like 10 items in you and then you can shop from that like that's my biggest tip is absolutely do you have any other areas that you want to bring up we've gone through all our questions not really yeah my main thing is like yeah shopping habits but it's also I think a lifestyle as well like you obviously talk about habits and that can be in like the things that you do daily like for yourself like I was saying like sleeping and resting and recharging and like when you're in those certain like moments of creativity like maximizing that but if you need a rest like listening to your body and that sounds a bit woo woo but it is what it is right and people say it for a reason but it's also like habits in the way that you have an impact on the environment <laughs> so it's like yeah. you know for example with New Zealand banning like plastic bags years ago in the grocery shop that was amazing but then there was a problem with people yes. having to buy those um reusable bags every single time because yeah and then the op shops were getting donated way too many so then they were going into the waste which then they're made from polyester so then it's like a bigger problem but it's like the habit of like leaving spare ones in your boot like put like making life easy like having some spare ones there having them in your car like wherever or like when you're leaving the house like do I have my water bottle my reusable bags like just things like that that each time they're around you so that you're not like out and you're thirsty so you're having to opt for like a um, you know plastic water bottle or you're having to like buy another reusable bag that you don't need or like so many different things you can like make a habit in your life so that you have less of an impact like you know like composting and recycling like it comes down to so much more than just fashion like fashion is a huge problem but if we can just do like one or two things better each time like set it a goal like coffee cups like there's all these small things that just add up to creating so much waste in the environment and like it's just it's quite sad to see how much on rubbish day for example like you see wheelie bins out and they're overflowing and i just like rubbish day makes me sad because although they're recycling bins and glass as well i'm like yeah there's it's so all much going into the waste. waste and so like as a business owner as well like how can you yeah. have as little waste like there's a little impact on the environment so it's like okay all my clothes ethically made tech like i'm um, also like sustainable by using linen but it's like i choose to wrap my mm. items in a particular um like acid free like undyed tissue um when you made to order you actually get it in like a reusable drawstring bag that's made from scraps i keep all of my scraps and i find different ways to use it because yeah. as a creative and as a business owner you're naturally gonna when you're making things like that does come with waste right 
but it's like what post bag can I send it in yep. like there's compostable post bags or there's recycled plastic ones. yes yeah. I've got the compostable ones and I thought that was really exciting because one of my pillars and my mm. values is sustainability so I've been trying to a look at who I was printing with who am I printing mm. with what kind of business are they are they some factory in India mm. that's just going to mass produce it and then send it to me but no I wanted a local well, I've oh. gone for Wellington printer and they use they aim for sustainability in their business so I was like it just transfers into mine and then came to the bags and then the packaging I've actually for the first few orders I'm going to be reusing like that cardboard bubble wrap it's not proper bubble wrap yeah. it's the craft paper bubble wrap that can be recycled and I was like I'm actually using it from stuff that we've ordered and got yeah. and I've just been keeping it for months because I'm like I can reuse that can get yeah that I'm giving it and that's the life. thing hey is like people focus so much on like the unboxing experience which I get as a deal but it's like that stuff gets thrown away anyway you know like I remember getting a really nice bag which I love and my partner yeah. brought me and it's from a really nice brand um and I was so stoked to get it but it was a handbag and it came inside like a soft drawstring bag which then came inside like another like cardboard box which then came inside another bag so the whole experience was beautiful I was like when am I going to get to this bag like all this tissue and things flying everywhere and I got to and I was like it's yeah. amazing and I was so excited but then I was like what do I do with all this stuff you know like you can reuse stuff but you can't always so you just yeah it. and that's it and the, the average person does just bin it yeah yeah they don't think about it they're not thinking about the life that it's got and what cycle it's taken to get there or what and like I was thinking I want a string to tie it up and then so I sent one to my mum as a practice and so I said to mum my mum buys dresses from you too and I said to her I was like what was the experience you got opening it and she said didn't like the sellotape she goes I thought that that didn't match so she's like try and find a way to just tie it with your twine because she's like twine people might reuse she goes but tape's just a waste and she goes not only are you spending money on it but it's a waste so start, like little things like that and so that's why I do trial postages and stuff to family because then you can figure out well what what was unnecessary in that package what did it feel like, like what, it what didn't add yeah what didn't add to the experience and that didn't so now I just practice packaging another one and I managed to do it without tape mm-hmm. so I was like perfect that's one less thing I'm adding to this you know this waste because at the end of the day most people are just going to bin the packaging it comes in like and I'm really well aware of that unless you are someone who's actively looking for sustainability you are going to probably just take that twine and put it in the bin but I was like it's the twine's better than a plastic ribbon yeah so you know just looking and going rather than I could get it because my brand colors are pink I was like I could get a pink ribbon but that pink ribbon is probably just going to be bent yeah. unless it was a strip of fabric that I found and could reuse, yeah. which is another thing I would have looked into if I could find a company and then get scraps of fabric that I could then yeah. use. Cause I like, that would look cool. So I'm and like, I like that rustic look. So trying to match it with that as yes. well. Yeah, no, it's such a good idea. And I think us as like humans and especially as business owners as well, like there are so many decisions that you're constantly making. Um, and you know for example like there's so many fabrics i would love to go and like use and like all these beautiful printed ones but when they're not printed like in um good factories or on polyester and things like that it's like you do have to make some sacrifices it's like just because i have like a good like a vision of what i want it to be doesn't mean i should and like have to do that because if it's not in line with your values then you know like if you start going off track it doesn't it's not gonna match your business that's so cool I'm so excited yeah, absolutely. for you. 
Oh, thank you. It's been really cool to talk with you. And I think it's lovely because when I, this, the whole point of this segment in the podcast is I wanted to talk to people who inspire me. And I think it's really cool to normalize that the business process is something that lots of people do mm-hmm. and hearing how you've gone through it and, and your experience with it, just, it normalizes it for me in a way that makes it achievable. Mm. Cause it's been, and even asking you to do that at the podcast was nerve wracking. Like I'm sitting there with my phone going, you just need to send the message. Like you've had it typed out for two days, yeah. just send it, you know? But then like, and it's, it's, and it's the one of those things. And it's interesting as well, because when I received I, that message, I was like, wow, this is so exciting. What a cool opportunity, you know? And like, Recently, for example, I was down in Christchurch and um, I saw a girl who I follow online. I bumped into her at a shop and then I just messaged her after. I was like, hey, I'm actually in Christchurch like for the week. It would be so lovely to catch up. But I was nervous sending that. But then when she replied, I was like, this is so nice. Like you you don't know until you ask the question and you don't. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like, just you don't lose anything by asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I also think I'm on in this whole train of trying to the people I'm talking to are the people who I want to learn from. So if I'm trying to match my vibe or my energy with the people that I'm talking to, like talking to you is only going to allow me to level up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to only come out of our conversation, even if it is just a message, I'm going to come out of our conversation enlightened. Mm -hmm. So in trying to create more opportunities for me to have those conversations rather than letting them be, a fluke conversation actually putting myself in the position where those conversations are happening more often yeah yeah totally and it's that whole thing that people say like you are like one of the five people you spend your most time with so that's another thing as well it's like who do you want to be as a person like are you hanging out with people that don't inspire you that don't support you like and that's what can happen and I've personally experienced some things within like friendships and stuff before where it's it's not like it's a jealousy thing or anything but I just feel like when I'm excited like oh my gosh like this just happened or something it's like oh cool and then they just talk about something like negative or something and it's like what I want to be around people who are excited for me and I like lift them up and like challenge them and they lift me up and challenge them and it's like you really have to choose the people who you share your business ideas with and your success and everything like that because unfortunately not everyone's going to respond in the way that you want them to and ex- or, or even if it's just them just not purely not really interested you know like whereas it's your baby yeah. it's your business it's your excitement and ideas and if it can be shut down a little bit you feel a bit like ah, oh, you know like you go away from that so it's like yeah. it's a little bit deflated so it's like making sure that you are spending your time and your ideas and sharing that with like-minded people you know so like and the conversation was being able to sit here and just chat for ages and like be on the same level and and it's okay if you're chatting to someone it doesn't feel like that you just need to acknowledge that that's that's just part of business and life you know like I've I've met people from similar businesses before where I just didn't connect as well as I thought I would and I was like oh that that was interesting like I thought it was going to go a different way but we're all different and like yeah it's just all part of it hey and everything's a learning opportunity. And I think if you can look mm-hmm. at life and go, if I'm just, I'm here to learn. So rather than looking at an experience and if it was negative, what can you take out of that negative experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And even if you do get a negative review or a negative comment, and I've had my fair share of those and it's only been a year. And so like people don't, oh. and cause I'm trying content creation. So if people take content creation how they want. And like, I remember Mm -hmm. when I first started trying this, people were like, oh, do you sure you want to do that? Like that's, you know, it's a hard process. And I'm like, well, I don't lose anything trying. 
Like I, yeah, I do not it's lose so anything good that you by just trying. Keep going as well, because it's it's amazing I, how many people will doubt what you're going to do. Eh? Like it's it's truly amazing how yeah. people even who you never would have thought will like voice their opinion to you, and it feels like like I said before, you feel deflated and you're like but you just have to follow what you're doing and keep chatting to like-minded people that are going to inspire you to like continue to do better and like grow your business and like you know the first year is the hardest too because you're when you're trying to start a following and you've got nothing or no one and you your first thing you do is usually share it to your friends and family right like I've started this business like you can go and support me and stuff and that's freaking nervous doing that and then when you're chatting to the camera and all of that it's so hard but then all of a sudden when like you get people that you don't know so well and you feel like there's less judgment from them because they've just always known you as you know Mick who does the podcast or yeah. does the content creation or any who makes the clothes. It's and starting a yeah. podcast was terrifying. Like absolutely terrifying. And I remember one of my personal highlights was when my partner bought me this microphone for my birthday. He was like, you're doing great. You know, like keep going. And because I, I was sitting in a like, in a, my house is an A-frame. So like I have a little cupboards because of the A-frame walls. And so I was sitting in that little room to try to get better sound and sitting there with my phone, like sitting recording like this. That was my first podcast. And I was so nervous. And now I think mm-hmm. I've got a board with your name on it. And like, I'm sitting in, in a beautiful area with a microphone and a camera and I've got it sitting on a tripod. And even that feels like yes. 60 steps above where I started. And I think if you tried, people would try and even get to where I am now feels really daunting that you just have to get over that caring what others think and not, and like, I don't have a massive amount of monthly listeners, but my goal now is to then change it and go, right, if I can start uploading weekly rather than fortnightly, and I'm like, right, what do I have to do to be able to do that? And I'm like, that mm. includes pre-recording episodes. So things like doing these interviews, this interview may not air for a couple of months, but what that means is that yeah. I am now ahead. Yeah, I'm planning a and it's trying to not burn out. Yeah, not you'd be on school holidays now. So I can yeah. imagine you're sort of like pre-recording like a whole bunch of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be recording an episode almost every oh. day. <laughs> but And that's the thing. And so then what all I have to do then on the weekend is I record the five-minute intro, weekly catch-up, what's my life been like, and then I attach that to the front, and then I'm good to go. Because I would have already, in theory, I would have already pre-edited yes. all of them. Yeah, well. so it's just like pre-planning to make yeah. like future you's life easier. <laughs> and also trying to, because like, like you say, you've got, because you recently got engaged, yes, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, so and like trying to prioritize that mm-hmm. relationship. And it's you when you have a business and you start doing it on weekends, you start losing that that relationship time. And I think it's been really important with me and Josh is to recognize on the weekend, I need to sit down and I will go, what are you doing this weekend? And I go, right, I need to do four hours mm-hmm. of work. And I call it work rather than me sitting and on my phone trying to do content creation and he's trying to hang out with me. I go, right, I'm going to sit and do four hours worth of yes. work. Yeah. And acknowledging it for what it is rather than just, you know, saying you're yes, doing it. Yes, that and that's actually such a good, like, point as well, especially when you're working from your phone, like you're on Instagram where you're doing whatever, and they, they don't know what you're doing, and my partner's name's Josh as well, and he'll be like, trying to chat to me, oh, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm busy, but instead of being like, I'm actually working and trying to remove myself, because he could just think I'm scrolling or doing whatever, but, you know, because they don't run a business from their phone, they don't understand completely, so it's like yeah. just saying, 
yeah, I've got to go and do some work or I'm creating a reel or I'm doing a post instead of being like, I'm busy and like getting a little bit like short, but then doing that and sitting down and focusing on that, getting it done. And then so when you can go and hang out with them, you are more present rather than trying to just come in and out of it all day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been a massive learning curve for me because I think when I was in early business, I spent a lot of time on my phone and then I was now I'm now I'm way more efficient with it so I can create a reel in about mm-hmm. 10 minutes whereas it used to take me about yeah. an hour and I was sitting there going well what piece of content do I want to use what caption do I want and now I chuck it together and mm-hmm. put it out there because I've come to realize it nobody's sitting there with a fine tooth comb yeah. <laughs> and if they are I don't know if I want to talk yeah, to them yeah <laughs> yeah like it, it's so much more authentic as well when you're just like saying like creating it and putting it out like you're not like obsessing over it and like spending too many hours like because then it's not you know like for example when I used to like talk to my um camera and like chat to just on Instagram and stuff I would sit there and like record it like sometimes 10 times before I'd post it and it would be like oh and I'd be like hey good morning like blah, blah, blah. and then it would be on say something and I'd be like oh. and then I just would keep doing it now I do it once and I'm like so yeah and it just feels normal because I'm not trying to be like damn it I said that wrong or I paused here or I did that or whatever it's kind of just like the more authentic you are I think that like that's the, the way that your followers are going to connect with you and your brand and those are the, like you said those are the type of followers you want as well yep absolutely and I think if you get those followers on one platform they're likely to transfer yeah. to others because they tend to want to you know, join across and be a part of your community and a part of your, what you're mm. building. It's, and it's really cool. It's so yeah. exciting. It's such an exciting place it to is. be in. I'm excited for you. I'm yeah. so glad you reached out. It's been so fun coming on. Thanks, Danny. This has been awesome. And it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Plan and Empower the Podcast. If you're keen to find out a bit more about us, you can find us on all social media platforms. There are links in the show notes. I would really appreciate if you have time to leave a review on the platform that you're listening. Thank you so much. Bye.